if you have your Bible with you, um, also if you're taking notes, and go ahead and take them out. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 7. It says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. Actually, like other, other translation says, imperishable, undefiled, unfading. NLT, beyond the reach of change or decay. Never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I want to focus on these uh, verses right here. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, that these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, greater worth than gold, which even perishes through when refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Uh, John 10.10, ESV says, the thief comes only... We have, we have the upper hand because it literally says all the enemy is trying to do. The thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, but I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Just a quick contrast that we have a faith that shouldn't perish, spoil, or fade. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, if you're taking notes, the title of this talk is Connect It. Connect It. Let's pray. God, I thank you for what you're doing in and through this house. I thank you for everyone that's here. And God, would your word wash us? God, would you, would you speak to us in, that, in, the, in the midst of where we feel disconnect, that you, uh, we, would, we would have the revelation that you have initiated the connection, and all we have to do is connect to you, God. God, I thank you that you would change us in these next few moment, moments. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. And amen. Um, about a month ago, me and Amanda celebrated six years of marriage. <laughs> you get to have when, when that's the case. Uh, six at the six, that's right. Uh, but legit, every time our anniversary comes around, I begin to think about our first year of marriage. And no matter what year we're actually celebrating, I just think about the first year of marriage. It was a crazy year. We experienced so much. We got... Um, the, the, the first thing is we got both our bachelor degrees. Shout out to the Rebels, UNLV, running Rebels, let's go. Scarlet and gray every day. Um, we got our degrees. Uh, side note, you don't have to have it all together to get married. We got married and then we finished school. Um, power tip. But we got our first house. Uh, about two months, three months in, we got really bored and so we got a dog. Uh, we rescued little rebel from the shelter, a little poodle mix. Don't know what else he's mixed with. Um, and then month to month, we overdrafted financially. I mean, first year of marriage, right? I would say in the six years, though, the greatest thing in the world has been little Ruby Grace. Man, look at that, baby. Bro, I'll be the first person to be like, my baby looks like an alien. But she doesn't. She's mad cute, and I'm grateful for it. But when I think about this idea of marriage, you know, I, I, re I remember, I can recall to when we had premarital counseling. Um, you know, we, we, premarital counseling is when, when, as an engaged couple, we sat through people that, you know, are couples and they, we hold in high regard. And we just go through these topics, to very, very key topics, conflict re resolution, 
Finances, obviously we didn't pay attention. Um, I mean, like the roles of a husband and a wife and spirituality and family dynamics and things like that. But if I could be straight up with you, I think there's one area that they always miss out. It's taboo. It's the car. Married couples know that the car is a scary place. Nobody talks about it, man. Like how many, man, I'm gonna tell the truth. All right, so uh, every time we usually, you know, have a, have a, a couple of days to spend, we, we head out to California to drive. And the thing is, I'm not too familiar with California as far as the streets go and the details of where we need to go. And you know, like the role, like 95% of the time as the husband, I am the guy behind the wheel. And then 95% of the time, Amanda is navigating. I think we, we mix up kind of like the role of that, that kind of dynamic. You know, I'm driving, I'm driving, babe, let's get to coffee. Oh, babe, we were supposed to turn right over there. Oh, oh, you on Instagram. Okay. Babe, why don't you just, she's like, babe, why don't you just put the maps on, like, on the thing and you look at the, oh, you want me to text and drive. That's what we're doing. It's so funny. I mean, even when you go to the gas station, it's like, babe, where are we going? All right. Uh, and then you get right outside the gas station. And then she's like, I don't know. I'm like, babe, left or right? I don't know. Turn right. The map reorients itself. And it's like, nah, dog, you're supposed to go that way. Cold world. Uh, but man, phones are so funny. We're so lucky. We, we, we can be connected. Uh, and oftentimes we're always connected. Even in this place right now, you can, you can hop on the internet. You can go on maps. Um, but I would find uh, and 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 be honest, it's really frustrating, and it's most noticeable when you don't have service, but you need to go somewhere. When we need service the most, we don't have connection, and I believe it's the same in our walk with Jesus. Where he feels furthest away is actually where we need him most. I've been following Jesus for about seven and a half years, and there's, a, there's an observation I've kind of found amongst my friends or even people that I've seen literally experience Jesus and simply walk away. What is the difference between someone whose faith literally thrives and someone's faith who, who fades away? Marriages that, that you see thrive, 40 years, Pastor Mitch and Pastor Kitty, and yet year 12 and many other marriages, year six, it kind of dies out. I don't think that's God's heart. Um, and it's just, it's something that's just sad and gets me questioning why. Like, what is the reason for this? John 15, one through four, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that, even, so that you will be even more fruitful. Uh, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must re remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, God's heart, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Shout out to Webster's Dictionary. The definition of remain is continue to exist, especially after other similar or related people have ceased to exist. That's, that's, that's Jesus' commitment to you, but that ought to be our commitment to him. I think when it feels like others are fading away, I mean, to answer that question, the missing, the missing piece, why do people who both experience Jesus, who both go through life, 
you know, situations and trials and stuff like that. What's the missing piece? And the missing piece is connection. God has always and has always initiated the connection. Are you connecting that thing to God? Are you trusting God with what we can't control but need change in? I think it's such a simple idea, but we can find ourselves in certain seasons, whether we believe it's a season that God has brought or even a season that God can't be a part of. Um, Like the dynamics of of who you are. I think there's two types of people in this room, and I think it's um, people who would connect good things happening in your life to God and people who, when good things happen, they tend to walk away from God. And I want to tell you that it doesn't matter what you're going through. And I know that, that like sometimes it literally feels like God can't possibly be a part of this. There's no way he can have his way in this. I can't invite him to this. But I've come to tell you tonight that God doesn't have to cause it for you to connect it. That before, before Jesus, I made this decision, maybe I made bad you know, mistakes and now I'm reaping the benefit, or not even the benefits, but the fruit of that. I'm telling you, God could be a part of that. You can invite God into that. God does not have to cause it for us to connect it. Peter is an example of someone who I think, I guess like me, just a very up and down, like he's had, it, he's had some ins and outs with Jesus. Um, I begin to look at the timeline of Peter and his life and his walk with Jesus. It starts off, but, he's, but he is one to connect these things to God. He's just a good example uh, all throughout his life. And, and again, I want, I want to make it clear that God is always initiating the connection. First, his name is Simon, and then he connects his name to Jesus. Jesus gives him a new name. He connects his work to Jesus. Jesus gives him purpose. He connects his mother's sickness to Jesus, and Jesus heals her. He connects his fear. They're in a boat. There's a storm going on. Jesus says, do not be afraid. Peter's like, well, if if it's really you, Jesus, then have, have us come out, connecting his fear to Jesus. And then he steps out on water. He walks on water. The Bible says he doubts and he sank. I think he got confident. He looked back. He's like, hey, I'm walking on. <laughs> and then he sinks. Omar, what's that? That's gang signs. That's gang signs. General gang signs. Um, but we remember that as, as Peter walked on water. We never recall that story as Peter sank. Awesome things he connected to God. And then you find a few uh, unfortunate situations where he's like, Jesus, you can't possibly go on the cross. You got to stay here. Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. Gave him a new name. This time, it's a name you don't want Jesus to call you. I can only imagine the disciples being like, dude. Or like in like, school when like, someone's dating, and maybe the guy's like, girl, come on, come on. And she's like, it's over. I can imagine all his friends like, dude. And then also, uh, you know, Jesus says, Peter, you're going to deny, deny me three times. And sure enough, Peter denies him three times. We fast forward, book of Acts, he preaches his first sermon, and the church would begin. And um, it's just incredible what up and down, but yet he writes to us in First Peter about being confident in our connection with God. Uh, I love basketball. I love the NBA. I've been following, like, literally all my life. That's, like, the one sport that matters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's why very few, many people, okay. Um, a couple weeks ago, there was the NBA Finals. And um, if, you, if you didn't know, I actually have a brother on the Warriors. Omar, Aladdin is not on the Warriors. I can tell you that right now. Okay, check this out. 
What do you think I'm gonna do? Okay, my brothers, wife, sister, husband is on the Golden State Warriors. So we, so we family, dog. That's blood. That's what I'm saying. I don't care, man. Shout out to Golden State Warriors. They got married a couple years ago. My brother and, uh, and obviously his, her sister was at the wedding, Gia, and uh, I was there in spirit. Okay. Um, but game five, if you aren't aware, you know, uh, game five, it was a, four and, a three and one situation, a winner go home. The Golden State Warriors had to, had to, had to win or, or they, it was over. The Raptors would win. But up until this point, uh, one of their best players, Kevin Durant, couldn't play. Uh, KD Trey five, if you follow him on Instagram. Uh, but um, he, uh, he gets cleared to play. Game five, this changes everything. That was the headlines of the day. Like, KD is playing. This is going to change everything. And sure enough, we turn on the TV. He's playing. It's seven minutes in the first quarter. And boom, the dude tears his Achilles. One of the worst injuries you could probably make as a professional athlete. Very unexpected. He leaves the game. Next day, he posts a picture. He's in the, the hospital bed. And... Uh, He's just, it's, shoot, man, he's got a journey to come back from. Um, and I think that speaks to our walk with Jesus. Um, many times it's the, it's the unexpected things that we tend to disconnect from God. And it could be, and I, I really want to speak to two different groups. It could be unexpected good things that distract you, or it could be unexpected bad things that can distance you. <clears throat> it's, been, it's when we feel most dis- disconnected whether our circumstances make it feel that way or what have you, the enemy's job is to move in that distant space. So what area in your life do you feel like you have distance with God the most? Because I would, I would say, I would reckon, um, slang. I would say that that's where the enemy is going to come. Closeness brings clarity. So when you feel distance, and I, and, and I think you just have to, really see it in your own life is, where in my life do I feel most disconnected from God or have, have I not invited him in? Um, I just want to give you three quick things on how to stay connected to God. So if you're taking notes, how to stay connected to God. Number one, respond to what God is doing, not to what you're seeing. To give you some context in First Peter, Peter's writing to Christians in Rome and he's telling them, hey, I just want to let you know that your faith is real, and if you go through anything, you can rejoice. Wait a second. If you go through this, you can rejoice. Pastor Mitch talked about this, but in that time, and there's areas today in, this, on the world, in the world where if you said yes to Jesus, you are guaranteed that you're going to face persecution, your family's going to cut you off, you're going to get cut from your job, that you know that's going to come with this, with this decision. You know, every time we gave that opportunity every Sunday for people to make that decision to trust Jesus with their life, I mean, you don't really have to deal with that. I think, uh, I mean, I would be honest, like, you don't. That's just, in America, Western Christianity. But there's, some, there's a difference. They had, they had something that I think many of us uh, lack. And, you know, everything we do is in response to Jesus and what he's done on the cross, and so the difference that they had, I think, more than what we have when we accept Jesus is they, have ha- they had perspective. Right from the get-go, they had the perspective. But Omar, how can you have perspective in the midst of all those things? Well, you can get a perspective wherever you can find a God promise. So I want to tell you real quick two areas that you can, f- you can have perspective in, no matter what you're going through. You can have perspective for what God is doing in you. You can have perspective for what God's doing in me. 
James 1.2 says, Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. Joy in its purest form can be, can be found right here. It's crazy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, consider it pure joy. I want pureness of joy. I think we, we have all tasted that. But what's that dynamic? Omar, perseverance, that's not, that's not a trait that's going to get me anywhere. I, I can't put that on my resume. Okay. <laughs> Romans 5.3, here's a trait you want. Not only so... But we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character. If you want to get anywhere in life, character is going to get you where you need to go. It can go beyond gifting. It can go beyond skill. It doesn't matter. You want character, friend. Produces character and character hope. So you can really come to a place where you could say, God, I am more concerned with what you're doing in me than what's happening around me. I don't, I don't know what's happening, but I'm not going to focus my attention on that. I'm going to focus on what you're doing in me and what you're doing for me. And because of all the things you're doing in me and for me, God, I can give you praise. God, in the midst of my trial, I'm, I'm literally experiencing pureness of joy. Number two, believe Jesus is as real as your reality. If it's real to you, friend, you can connect it. If you're, if you're going through it and it's so real, you can connect it. Our faith doesn't get weaker because of hard times. It actually proves itself in hard times. True faith is indestructible, unfading, doesn't spoil or perish. So I'm not going to let the devil destroy my faith. I love how Peter contrasts faith and gold. Um, something that's so invisible, faith. You don't really see it. You can't really touch it. But yeah, then we have gold, maybe the one of the most precious resources here on this planet, most valuable thing on this planet. But yet P- Peter is making this contrast that our faith is actually more valuable than gold. And even in fire, gold is, you know, it, it gets smaller and it gets refined. But I want to tell you, it's, it, it, it's not the hard times that gets our faith weak. It's the hard times that proves that it's real. Yeah. I was talking to somebody after the 12... 15 and he was telling me about man what a year they've had like they moved here from california his wife got cancer she got healed as soon as she got healed he was in the hospital for 12 days and it's heavy when he's telling me it's heavy but i can literally see the benefit that he see that i that i personally missed out on because he went through something so hard and saw god move, move so deep and no matter where it is in your life you can distinguish that that god god can use that to prove your faith. It's actually the hard times that prove the faith. Okay, I guess I'm hammering that. (laughs) Question for you is, what value have you placed on your faith? What value have you placed on your faith? Because of who my faith is connected to, just started like journaling here. I won't trade it. I will cherish it. I will cultivate it. I will keep hearing the word of God because faith comes by hearing. And I know God didn't bring the fire, but I'll trust God while I'm in it. But if I were to be honest, I think Western Christianity is completely different. It's, I see this in, in friends. I see this in people who, who get saved, who start serving, who join a group, and then fall away. It's usually the good things in Western Christianity. That the good things are actually is what distracting us from all that God wants to do in our life. Um, 
two things that you can connect to God that are good, occupation. Connect what you do to God. Connect what's in your hands to God. Connect your job to God. You can work like God is your boss. Paul said, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are the serving the Lord Jesus Christ. To those who work in the industry or maybe work a job that's not fulfilling, I really, I, I just want to encourage you to just connect it to God. I don't think Peter was fulfilled with fishing for men. I think this is just what he ended up doing. Jesus came, gave him purpose, and said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. The next thing you can connect to God that's good is opportunity. I see people walk away because of opportunity. Connect the next season to God. This is a hard reality, but I believe... Literally, based off of what I've seen and observed, most of us are one life change away from walking away from Jesus. It's, it's sad, but I think similarly, when I, before I made the decision that I want to marry Amanda, I went so far in my head, and I couldn't, I couldn't come to a, a, a situation that would make me walk away. Uh, and I encourage you to do that same. If, if you have a significant other, you literally go there in your head, if that won't change the way you feel about them, I think it's going to be a good decision you can make. So the question to ask is, am I following Jesus now because it's convenient? Great things happen to people, and then they fizzle away. New job, new city, new kid, got a new schedule, can't make it on Sundays. Oh, I can't make it a group. Oh, it seems like you got inconvenienced. But don't let that separate your faith from God. Those are all good things, man. You got the promotion. Now your, your time is more valuable. But don't inconvenience. Don't, don't let inconvenience make you walk away. Inconvenience yourself to follow Jesus. Amen. Yeah, you can clap for that. That's good. All right. There's a scripture in, in Galatians. It says, don't grow weary in due season for in, 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 in the right time you'll reap a harvest. I see so much people doing so much good, serving, going to group, going to church, and then they see a little harvest because of the good that they're doing, and then they trade that little harvest to the, for the good they're doing. Just keep doing good. Good got you the harvest. So just keep doing good and just keep doing good. Number three, recognition. Recognition. Just keep, keep giving God the credit. Stop giving God the blame. That'll preach. There's always something to give God credit for. Even in the midst of what you're going through, you have, you have perspective to give God credit for. Thank you, God, for the perspective. You have the ability to, to know that he's doing something in you to give him credit. Three things that you can give God credit for, for what he's done in the past. God, I should have died in that accident. God, when that, when I revealed that, when my, when my wife told me that, I, that should have been the end of it. God, I should have, I should have, that, that should have been the end of me when that relationship was toxic, but here I am. So you can thank God for the past. You can thank God for the present. Thank God I'm not where I used to be and I'm not where I deserve to be. You can thank God for the future, the assurance of your future. For he, for he knows the plans that he has for you, plans to give you hope in a future. You always have something to give God credit for. You know, in Christendom, as I say it, I am. Christianese, there you go. 
We say this phrase all the time, the best is yet to come. Literally every happy birthday text I text out, I, I say, I believe that your greatest days are in front of you. And that's because we genuinely believe that. Because if we have a faith that doesn't fade, fail, or get destructed, literally the next days are better days. That's the secret, friend. The secret is staying connected. Take inventory of your life. And where in my life do I see a disconnect from God? I'm gonna make that connection because God's reaching out and he's like, I'm initiating the connection. Come give me your hand. You could trust me with that real thing. I know it's finances, but you could trust me with that. I know it's relationships, but you could trust me with that. I end with this scripture. Romans 8:38. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. You will inconvenience yourself for whatever you are convinced of. When you come to the convince the in here, when you when you are just convinced that nothing can separate us from God, you won't let a season separate you. You won't let a relationship separate you. You won't let a good thing, a, an opportunity, a new job, you won't let it separate you because I am convinced that nothing, not even this good thing is gonna separate me from God. Not a season of change, trials, opportunity, or even when it just doesn't feel like I'm connected, you, nothing can separate us from God. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. That's all I got. <clears throat> so that's just a few questions. Ask yourself, where, where am I most disconnected? Because that's, that's where you need to connect with God the most. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this word. God, may we be marveled at the fact that you have initiated the connection. That you, we didn't choose you, you chose us. And your heart for us is that we would have fruit that lasts. God, that if there's anything in our life that the enemy would wanna steal, kill, and destroy, God, you would show us the revelation that what we, our faith is connected to is unfading, unspoiled, and will never perish beyond the reach of decay. I pray for everybody here, God. I pray that you would open up that area of their life. You would open up that season of their life that they're going through. And ultimately, you would use it to reach your people. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.